0: Welcome to the Money Mindset Podcast, where you will find the inspiration and motivation you need to manage your money better so you can stress less and live the life you want. This is Ashley Patrick with Budgets Made Easy and the Money Mindset Podcast. Today we are talking to Derek Hagan, who's a financial health advisor and financial behavior coach. He is the founder of Money Health Solutions, a financial therapy and consulting firm that helps clients develop a healthy relationship with money and align their money and their values. So today we're going to talk about the psychology of money and how your mindset is developed and things that you can do to improve it and and get together on the same page with your spouse. So, you know, working individually on your money mindset and then coming together so that you guys can work on common goals as a couple and really live the life that you want. So before we jump in, be sure to check out the Budget Challenge. It's a seven-day pay-what-you-want budget challenge. It's broken down into daily steps to reduce the stress and overwhelm on getting started. You know, I get messages every day as I'm overwhelmed and I don't know where to start. This is where you start. And it is uh, daily videos and training on getting started. And it's not just about money. It's about changing your mindset. You know, setting your goals, breaking those goals down, and then working on your budget uh, so that you can put your money toward your goals of saving money or paying off debt, whatever it may be. So you can check that out at budgetsmadeeasy.com budget dash challenge. And I will include it in the show notes as well. So let's dive in. Today, we have Derek with Money Health Solutions, and we are going to talk about psychology and money. So, thanks, Derek, for being on with us today.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Ah, no problem. I am so excited to talk to you today because this podcast is all about our money mindsets and how we change our thinking about money and make better habits. Um, and, you know, everything kind of starts with how you think. Think about money and how you view money. So that's really kind of your focus. Uh, So I'm so excited to talk to you today. Um, But before we jump right in, can you just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah. So, Derek Hagan, I live in um, suburban Minneapolis. And I work, as you mentioned, many health solutions, working virtually with people around the country and in Canada actually to help them achieve a stronger relationship with money. I come from a world of high minimum investment advisors. And I never really felt comfortable there really, because I come from pretty modest uh, background, uh, mm-hmm. borderline poverty. Poverty, And it, w- it was a different aspect trying to help people whose biggest challenge in life is to make sure their grandparents get the most money from their estate. Uh, and I grew up in a world where my friends and my family members were not figuring out how to get their money to their grandkids, how to get their money to their landlord by the end of the month. So I wanted to try to figure out a solution where I can help the other 99%, you know, people who don't have $5 million to start investing. And so that's kind of where the genesis of Money Health Solutions came from, bringing advice to people who are struggling with how to think about money and their relationship with money. So with that, I I really love what you're doing with your podcast too, because I think we're pretty much aligned
0: there. Yeah. I I was pretty excited when I was reading your bio and I was like, yes, I've got to get you on the podcast because this is exactly what, um, I'm trying to do and trying to get people to think about is, you know, their mindsets and all that. And, you know, we had a very similar upbringing, you know, my family is not, uh, was not well off (laughs) is still isn't, you know, we're working class. And so, um, I really love that that's kind of what moved you toward your mission. So kind of, can you kind of lay out for me how you help your clients, um, kind of, where do you start with their mindset and getting them to kind of make those changes so that they can Make better um, decisions about their money and create better habits with their money
1: yeah, that's a great question and then I think, and you might know this as well, it kind of starts with understanding that you have a mindset about money or a money mindset. Most people don't even they don't know that they just think money is this thing mm-hmm. and you probably never talked about it because we're not allowed to talk about it in in the United States, and if you do there's a lot of funny emotions that get sprung up when people start talking about money. So just Mm -hmm. starting to get people to understand you have a money mindset. So kind of, I run my life around this 80, 20 rule. So if we can get awareness, if we can get people more aware that you have a relationship with money or that you have a money mindset, that's going to get you above and beyond what most people, most of your friends are doing because you're now starting to tackle How you think about money, and that's—it's not easy, but it's—it's step one, and it it gets you most of the way there. So I kind of start with, let's look at our past. You know, what did you learn from your mom about money? What did you learn from your dad about money? What did you learn from the interaction of how your family talked about money? And usually, when I ask people that, and your listeners might be thinking this, well, I didn't learn any lessons. You know, because there's a difference between Mm -hmm. direct lessons. Here's how check- taxes work. Here's how your checkbook works. Here's how your paycheck's going to work. Like there's so few direct lessons. So what we do is we get these lessons indirectly. I watched my mom and dad fight about this. Therefore, I learned this lesson. You know, I watched uh, whatever it is. I watched the lights get shut off. And so I learned about this. I watched my friend buy these fancy clothes. So I learned this. So we have an enormous amount of, Observations about money that uh, that are that actually contribute to what we learned about money, even though most people don't think they learned anything so it's it's about starting to unpack some of these memories that we have about money
0: mm-hmm. and how do you think just in general that there that all of us really all of our uh, mindsets about money, whether we realize it or not, like affects how we spend? Our money?
1: Yeah, great question. There's a, a idea called money scripts and a, a script you can think about it either as like a play or a movie where it's dialogue and you have to read from the script or if you're more tech savvy a script is kind of like a automated set of rules that a computer follows but in both cases the script just runs automatically and you don't really have any say so. So a money script are these little rules that we've created in the deep in our minds We don't know that we're following them without some awareness or some exercises to figure them out. They're mostly built throughout childhood from these lessons, these indirect and direct lessons that we learn. And they're also built from something called financial flashpoints, which is kind of like the money version of trauma. And it doesn't even need to be a big event. That one time where you got uh, embarrassed or picked on at school for wearing the wrong clothes, or that one time you saw your mom slap your brother for talking about money. These are all true stories that I've seen. Um, these are highly emotional um, events that happen to us. And they all feed these money scripts. And so a money script could be anything. And you've heard them. You've heard it. We don't talk about money in this family. Mm-hmm. You've heard you shouldn't buy anything unless it's the best, or your self worth equals your net worth. Mm -hmm. And there could be competing ones, you know, more money would make my life better is an exact opposite of rich people must have gotten that way by taking advantage of people. So -hmm. whatever it is, whatever the rule is for you, they generally fall into four categories. One is the category um, has the label of money avoidance. So these are kind of people who have a negative view of what wealth does to people. Money corrupts or rich people are greedy or um, there's virtue in living with less, things like that. And the Mm -hmm. second one would be uh, money worship. So this is the idea that more money is gonna make me happy. If I had a little bit more money, my life would be better. It's easy to have these scripts. But when you look at the research, people with 50,000 think 100,000 income would make them happy. People at 100 think it'd be 250. People at 250 think it's gonna be a million. So it's just this treadmill that people are after it, trying to figure out how money's going to make them happy.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so never whole, enough. <laughs>
1: absolutely. It's like this, like the money's dangling in front of you and you're chasing it and you're never going to catch it.
0: <laughs> right, right. It's,
1: and then there's a – oh, sorry, I'll just finish out the last two. There's money status, which is chasing money for status purposes. So where money worship was chasing money for your own internal reasons, money status is equating money with success. And then the fourth one is money vigilance. This is uh, probably the better, quote unquote, of the four, because this is, you should always save for a rainy day, you shouldn't talk about money. But taken to an extreme, you turn into Ebenezer Scrooge, where you have an emotional attachment to money and saving, and you're not able to use it to, you know, enrich your life. Mm-hmm
0: and that just reminded me um, I was watching some news program the other day and it was a roundtable discussion and they brought up uh, what success means to them and so everybody was telling um, you know what being successful means and so that really plays into your mindset as well and one of them uh, mentioned that they thought it was how much money you make that is what being successful is and so we each kind of have our own idea and perception of even just what successful is um, you know and just like you you said some of it is um, status and um, how much you make, and then you know, others it's you know, giving to others, and you know, maybe the type of job you have, not necessarily how much money you make, and things like that. So, really, I mean, even just stuff like that, when it comes to success and money, it all goes back to that, those money scripts like you talked about,
1: absolutely, 100%. And that's part of what people like you and I are trying to contribute to the world is the idea that. You have your own values and you have your own definition of success. So please spend some time and and figure out what that means to you. Because if you don't, it's way too easy to be swayed. Now, this used to be just your neighborhood. This is where the Joneses came from. My neighbor Mm -hmm. bought a new car. I think I need a new car. Now with social media and everybody's just broadcasting the best parts of their life, way too easy to think that without a solid foundation of our own values, we let the social media tell us or you know, our mm-hmm. friends, our followers of people that we're looking at, we let them dictate how we should define success. And it doesn't, it need not be that way. If you just kind of focus through the lens of what's important to you, it becomes a lot easier to kind of ignore that. You can be happy for people. Look, I'm happy that you bought that new car. I don't value cars, for example, right? Uh, instead of feeling that guilt or that shame that I don't have that car,
0: Mm -hmm. It makes it
1: easier to kind of float through life and be happy for people for having their values, but recognize what yours are.
0: Absolutely. Um, And so how do people go about once they recognize, okay, this is what I'm thinking and it may or may not be accurate, um, but this is how I view money. How do they go about kind of changing that mindset so that they can, you know, plan for the future and make better habits?
1: That's a that's a great question. And so most of the time, just having, so this awareness is part of that 80-20 rule, just having awareness of where these beliefs and behaviors came from. Even if you're not fully accurate, you think this might be where it came from. That's often enough to start to challenge your beliefs because most people don't know why do I go shopping when I'm stressed out. So mm-hmm. Digging and find out that oh, well, it's because I was deprived. For example, I'm, this is never a, a one-on-one you know, relationship, but for somebody who stress shops, it could be that maybe they felt deprived when they were a child or there could be a thousand other rules, but whatever that is, once that switch is in your brain, it becomes a little bit easier to say, oh, that's why I do that. I guess I don't need to, or let me figure out a different way that I can satisfy that my needs when i'm feeling this way or something like that mm-hmm. if awareness isn't enough but usually it is then you can start to challenge those beliefs and to challenge those beliefs uh, there's a couple of ways to do it my favorite is to try to think of a counter example so whatever belief that you have that's limiting can you think of a counter example so for example if you remember math class and they start to do proofs and things like this. You can't prove every iteration of an equation, but if you can find one instance where it doesn't work, now you've disproven that rule. It only takes one. So it's kind of the same thing with our beliefs. If I think rich people are greedy, for example, which is kind of a common one, can I think of an example where that's not the case? And the closer to your inner circle, the better. Maybe you've got the rich uncle or maybe you've got uh, your boss or something, Somebody who's yeah, they're actually a good person, and I think they have money. So you can start to start to peel back the layers of that onion of maybe, maybe I've been wrong. Maybe I've only been seeing part of that equation. And so you can zoom out and see a bigger picture. It challenges your beliefs. And when you challenge those beliefs, it now opens you up to uh, create or craft new beliefs for yourself.
0: Oh, that is really good example. That um, just reminded me of the book "The Millionaire Next Door." Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard of it. <laughs> yep, yep. And it's you know people have this idea that millionaires make a million dollars a year or they live like you know the celebrities that we see all over TV. But in reality, they're not like that at all. Like they make average income. You know they don't buy new cars. They wear like twenty dollars jeans. Uh, you know they just spend their money wisely and invest their money. So that really goes back to that belief of, you know, well, I'm never going to be a millionaire. So why even bother like investing or anything like that? But in reality you can be. And so that's kind of one of those money mindsets that you can start to shift. And that's, it's a pretty good book. I mean, it has all the statistics and all that stuff about, they studied a bunch of millionaires. Um, And I think there's some other books uh, similar to that, but that's kind of the most popular one.
1: Yeah, and that's one I I've recommended that one uh, a lot to my clients. It's uh it's fascinating because again it, it it can become common knowledge for people like you and me in the industry to to understand this, but sometimes it's easy to forget that the masses, normal people walking around who don't talk about money, mm-hmm. they don't know that.
0: So right.
1: it's it's like if you if I give you a million dollars and you spend a dollar, you don't have a million dollars anymore. So you can't be a millionaire by spending all your money
0: oh that's good i never thought of that if you have a million dollars you spend a dollar you're not one anymore <laughs> i'm gonna have to use that one that's really good
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a really cheap example of what it means to not spend
0: Yes, that's a really good example. Uh, So, and I get this question a lot. And so, um, you know, on this podcast, I've talked about kind of help for married couples and getting on the same page and um, getting like working on your mindsets individually so that you can work in together, because obviously you each have your own Ways of thinking about money, and but you need to come together so that you can reach your common goal. So, do you have any tips and advice for couples that are just really struggling to get on the same page financially?
1: Yeah. So, I'll try to give you the biggest bang for the buck um, because this is the kind of topic that can take weeks to yeah, <laughs> fully, yeah. fully grasp. But um, the two biggest pieces that'll get you the, the most way there is first understand that we've all got these basic needs and all of our behaviors are just desperate attempts to try and meet these needs so you've got and some of those are opposites too right we all have a need for autonomy we need to make our own decisions we also have a need for uh, connection Mm -hmm. so those are kind of different so the funny example is do you know anybody who's kind of felt lonely so they text people on their phone hey let's go hang out and then you hang out and you think, oh man, I just really want to be alone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> because those are two competing needs that you have. So we've all got needs and values. And the way that we approach those isn't always productive. So here's a simple solution. If your spouse, and we'll keep this about money, if your spouse comes in at home and says, hey, we need to, just got back from the dentist, for example, and junior needs braces. Oh, we can't afford braces, it's easy. Boom, there's a fight. Or you open up the American Express bill, all of a sudden, boom, there's a fight. Well, what is more likely? Is it more likely that your spouse is trying to attack you? Or is it more likely that there's a need that's not being met? So if you just take a step back and ask yourself that question, it's almost almost never the case that they're trying to attack you. There's always some reason that they're acting the way that they do. Same with you. Everybody mm-hmm. has these strategies that we use to meet our needs and our values. So take a step back, are you trying to harm me or is there something deeper? Now let's talk about what's deeper. And this is not <laughs> making it sound super simple because you're going to be emotionally flooded as well. As soon as people, as soon as we hear something that sounds like criticism, it's very common for us to go into defense mode, mm-hmm. and defense mode sometimes means uh, a counter attack, and that's what. And then boom, now you're in a fight. So it does take some time to actually take a step back, cool off, and say, "Okay, what's happening here? Tell me more about that." Right? Let's get a conversation going about what actually is on your mind. Because when you said that I spent too much money, that was an attack that I don't need to respond to because there's something below the surface that we need to figure out what it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's tip number one is just trying to figure out or just trying to take a step back and, and trying to get some space between stimulus and your response. Because if, you re- if you respond too quickly, it's not likely to go
0: super well. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, that's important, especially, I mean, not even just for money, yeah, <laughs> but <absolutely>. yeah, <laughs> take a step back and cool off
1: yeah that's a that's a huge that's going to be the biggest bang for the buck and then the second tip in terms of you know goals and and what you want out of life as a family as a couple and as individuals uh, this is a neat little exercise so write down maybe each of you would write down five or ten financial goals that you want so things that you want to spend your money on in the you can do short term medium or long term but let's just keep it general let's write down five financial goals each of you and then you come together and you talk about what what were your five what were my five maybe there'll be some commonalities and those will for sure go on the couple's goal list and then you can start to figure out as you're talking maybe there's some goals that you didn't think about when you were writing it down those can go on the couple's goal list and then ones that person a has that person b doesn't have and vice versa You can start to think about: Is there ways that you can accomplish that goal, and I can accomplish my goals? Or maybe there's some, uh, you know, some trade offs that we need to make to make something happen. Can we tweak these goals? But starting off with individual goals that you want to do, each of you want to do, and then coming together and having a civil conversation about what does that mean for the for the partnership. Mm -hmm. And I further would, would ask people, when you see that list of goals, this has got to be a no shame, no blame conversation. It's too easy to look at that and say, what? We're not, mm-hmm. no, we're not gonna yeah. pay for all four years of college. You are dumb. <laughs> yeah. That's going into that attack mode again. So let's start and say, okay, well, tell me why that's important to you. And then you can start to peel back and get to the core of, oh, actually, I thought it would be nice to pay for all of juniors college, but I can see your point now that maybe we can only pay for two years or something like that. So avoiding the temptation to judge is is really hard, but it's going to be very productive if you can get yourself to do that.
0: Absolutely. Um, and the last uh, general question I have, I always ask everybody what their favorite nonfiction book is because reading is so important. Um, even, for your money and just your personal well-being and everything. So what is a nonfiction book that you would recommend?
1: And I have to pick one.
0: <laughs> well, it can be more than one. It doesn't I, even have to be money related. It can just be any nonfiction book.
1: <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, great. So, um, well, I, well, so Millionaire Next Door, let's just throw that one on the table already. And then there's a book called Mind Over Money by uh, Brad Klontz and Ted Klontz, which really tackles the psychology of money. So I'd recommend that one for sure. And then in terms of a non-money related book, Start With Why by Simon Sinek is absolutely amazing because that gets you thinking about how we've all got a reason that we do everything. And that often goes unexplored too. So Mm -hmm. uh, Start With Why, Simon Sinek, Mind Over Money, Brad and Ted Klontz.
0: Awesome. I'll have to check those out. I'll add them to the list and then I always link to them in the show notes as well. Oh, nice. uh, so do you have any last words of wisdom? Any last pieces of advice?
1: The Last pieces of advice is going to sound like a broken record, but take a step back when you're talking about money and try to calm yourself down before responding. Put a little space in between your response and the stimulus and ask yourself, why, even if you have to ask yourself why a couple of times, that'll make your money conversations start to go in the right direction.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and that even works, not even, um, you know, with couples, but also with yourself, you know, if you're Mm -hmm. really wanting like this designer purse, you know, don't buy it right away. Just kind of step back, think about it for a little bit, think about why you want it. And that'll really help you make the decision whether or not you can't afford it or if you really you know should buy it or something like that is that kind of what you're saying yeah that's
1: for sure And, and if you if you go through the exercise to figure out why money is important to you what are your values your core personal values then you can view all your purchases through that and then that space between stimulus and response is to ask yourself is this something i value how will i feel tomorrow if i buy this do i even have room for it so then then if it's Amazon, if you're doing stuff online, for example, throw it in the cart or throw it in a list mm-hmm. and come back to it in three days and see if you still want it, because that'll, it that gets rid of that. I want it now. Yes. Kind of feeling that we all get. And then when you come back and you can say, Ugh, I'm never going to read that book.
0: Delete. Yeah, exactly. I do that from time to time. Or then if I just like, I'm like, oh, I need to buy this. And so I jump on and I order it. And then two days later a package shows up and I'm like, I don't even like, what did I order? I don't even remember.
1: <laughs> yeah, have been there.
0: <laughs> like, wait, what's coming today? What is this? <laughs>
1: Yeah, and you jump on and you say,
0: oh, shoot, why did I buy that? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that.
1: It seemed like very important at the time.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And where can people find you? So I know you have um, a lot of resources on your blog, and um, so you want to give people your website and social media where they can find you.
1: Yeah, the best places to find me are, so I write about the psychology of money at moneyhealth.blog. And there I use kind of personal stories and um, just kind of quick sketches to try to get past the complexity and really get to the heart of of the matter and try to help people conquer their relationship with money. Uh, So that's the blog. And then I offer advice over at moneyhealthsolutions.com. So moneyhealth.blog is the blog. Moneyhealthsolutions.com is the advice side of the business. And you can see links to the different um, social media outlets on there, but those are the two main places people can find me.
0: Awesome. And I will link to those in the show notes as well, of course, and be sure to go check out his amazing resources. I was checking them out this morning. He's got a lot of good um, free resources for you as well. So thanks so much, Derek, for um, coming and talking with us today.
1: Um, Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks. Thank you so much to Derek for coming on the podcast today. And don't forget that to start changing your money mindset, get your finances in order. It all starts with the seven day pay what you want budget challenge. This challenge is designed to give you step by step uh, videos and training on how to get everything together, get motivated, start changing the way you think about money and get your budget working for you so that you can get to where you want to go and live the life that you want. So check that out. Link will be in the show notes. Go to my website, budgetsmadeeasy.com slash budget dash challenge to get started today. And I will see you guys in the next episode.